tell you, you are the temple of the living God, and you carry him into this city. So I'm glad you're here today. Um, if you could turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5. And we will we'll start out with verse 4. I really enjoyed uh, our community service or community Sunday last week, and I appreciate everyone that, that helped out with that and did outreach and, um, and just really pitched in to make it all happen. I've, I've enjoyed those this year, and thank you for all your hard work. Luke chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. And let, your nets de- or, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and, they bra- and their net break. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for this people. Oh God, I ask you to speak to us today. Have your liberty and do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. I would like to talk to you today in our first word here about granola bars, ace bandages, and final exam or final exams. And the guys in the back, I give them these titles and they're like, they don't rhyme, they don't have any ring to them, what are you doing to me? And, uh, but granola bars and water, ace bandages, and final exam or final exams. And uh, hopefully by the end of today, these items will stick out in your brain. Once in a while, I like to put something up like this. And they all carry a little meaning in my life for sure. And I like to impart that to you. But uh, welcome, welcome to First Word. This month of July is our reboot relaunch Sunday, and Bishop will be highlighting more on some items there as well as myself in this first half. But um, as we sit here in this July, we just want to take a moment this month to, to kind of just recalibrate our lives. And so you're going to find uh, on Wednesdays, we're going to be heavy prayer focused and, and just refresh ourselves. And, um, but in this passage, with Reboot and Relaunch, I was talking to God and I was thinking about on His Word and meditating and my mind went to Luke chapter 5. And here in Luke chapter 5, we see Jesus calling His disciples. And when He came to call His disciples, He came to the shore here and Peter and, and His brother, and, and they had been out fishing all night and they hadn't caught anything. And these guys knew their business. They knew what they were supposed to be doing. But they're there at the shore, and the rabbi, the teacher, comes along, and he asks to borrow their boat. And so whatever task they were doing, mending their nets and getting picked up, they had to pause on that, and they needed to pull back and, and pull away from shore just a little bit so he could use the boat so his voice would carry and he could reach the crowds. Wouldn't have been very polite for them to keep working all around him there. Maybe you've had that before where you're trying to talk, and 
There's a lot of commotion and chaos around you. And uh, I often reference being a parent, and that is a common occurrence. <laughs> you come home from work, and it's uh, quite the hubbub, and, and everything's going on, and, and my poor wife will want to share with me about the day, and it'll be chaos. <laughs> and so they had to pause their work, and I imagine they were very tired, wore out, exhausted. And Jesus finishes up teaching and he turns and he says, hey, can you go ahead, let's, let's, let's fish. You know, I bet he taught just long enough, Brother Khan, for it to be hot. I've got, I call it a lake, you might call it a large farm pond across Fort Street from my house. And I stare at that and I think, man, I should go out and fish. I even bought the fishing license. I haven't fished yet. But uh, Brother Terry is probably groaning inside about that. Um, but I look over there, and just when I think I'm going to get those rods together and gather up the kids, I then think, you know, I think it's a little hot out. Those fish don't want to bite now. And that's the day. No more fishing. I think Jesus probably taught long enough for it to be hot. And Peter is there, and he's like, we fished all night. There's a reason we fished all night. Not all morning. They ain't going to bite. And Jesus, the carpenter and now the teacher, says, why don't you launch out into the deep? Why don't we go out there? It's going to be more work. It's the wrong time of day. We've done, worked ourselves silly. We're exhausted. We're tired. I, I'm, I'm all about investing in this mission right now. But this is the wrong time. Logic doesn't fit. We're exhausted. And yet something about what Jesus said, him calling to them, even when they didn't really understand him, or, or he hadn't had a long time to build up his pedigree with them. Uh, um, yes, John had pointed him out, John the baptizer, but, but this is just the beginning of his ministry. Something maybe about his words that morning. They said, okay, at your word, at your command, we're going to do this. And I think I can relate, not to fishing all night, I've never done that, but to being tired. Can anybody relate to that? I'm looking at some mothers out here who maybe have had kids cry all night, fathers, you had kids cry all night, colicky, you're exhausted. Can anybody relate to being stressed? And you just wonder how you're going to pay those bills. And you weren't expecting to have the car problem, or the water heater problem, or, or the bill that showed up, and you're like, where did that come from? Now, you don't want to tell anybody that, because they're going to think you don't keep track of your stuff. Maybe you don't, but we still don't want people to know that, right? And, uh, um, and so you, you get these problems. Maybe you have the family problem. You're like, how? I didn't know their life was a mess. It was chaos, and it all rains in, and you can relate to being exhausted and worn out, and something has come back into your life, and it's nailed you, and it's hit you upside the head, and, and you just don't know how you're going to function. And what you need is you just need a breather. And Tony and I were talking a little minute ago about that. He's like, I think you need a, just one of those relaxing vacations, Lucas. And uh, uh, 
I was just talking to him about some of the hours I've put in this year. And so um, I was like, yeah, I, I, you could sell me on that. I'll go for that. But they just need a break. Have you been there? And you could just use that moment. And you know, when we get in with Jesus here, sometimes we just need to pause in our spiritual walk with God. And we just need to set and we need to reconnect with God. We need to reconnect with God. So I was studying yesterday and, and looking through Scripture. Um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this passage, but you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. And we see, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, when God first filled you with the Holy Ghost, it's like, bam, He created something new in you. And that was the beginning of life. Your old life was, was you putting that behind you, and He just swept in, and He filled you with His Spirit, and you were energized, and you were raring to go, and maybe you, you connected with everybody else, and you're like, why aren't they as raring to go as me? Never mind! And you're full of zeal and passion. And, and I see that when I see God's creative power where He takes chaos and void and darkness and He moved in and He moved on the face of the waters and then He just began to speak. And we see in Genesis 1, and God said, and God said, and God said. And things began to happen and it was new and it was fresh and it was... It was like that new home you just moved into or the new marriage or, or, or the new job or the new car. Or everything is exciting and it's grand. And then you look at Genesis 1 and you say, well, how can I relate to that now? I've been living life. The tired. And then we flip over to Genesis 2 and you begin to see language in Genesis chapter 2 that's a little bit different about creation than Genesis 1. See, in Genesis 1, it's this, it's creativeness. In Genesis 2, it says, verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Verse 8, it says, and God planted a garden and there he put man whom he had formed. What is this language? We're not going to go through the flood story today about God rebuilding. But what you can see here, Brother Keith, is God's taking time and He's getting down into business. And He's making and He's shaping and, and, and He's working. And I see that He formed man and He planted a garden. And, and that language right there, it maybe happened very fast at the beginning, but, but that forming and that planting God is still forming in you. And you're being made into His image and His likeness. And He's planting a garden and He's putting you in it. And, and that language right there is the language of a potter and of an architect. And, and what it tells me is that creation isn't just God speaking, but it's God working, making in you. And So when you flip over to John chapter 1, you see... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. It, right there you see that this is connecting Jesus right back to that creative moment. But here you might say, bam, is that more of that 
and God said? Well, then you flip down to verse 12 and it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That becoming right there, I just want to encourage somebody today, that becoming is a process. That God working in you is a process. And you like to think that all of life should have been that initial, wow, bam, boom. But living is daily. And God is daily. And He's working in you. He's working in you. So as I think back to the disciples, they went on a three and a half year journey with Jesus. And they had ups and they had downs. They had those wow moments. Peter had the wow moment where, where he understood exactly who the identity of Jesus Christ was. And in that moment, Jesus said, you're Peter. He gave him a name change. He changed him just from Simon to Peter. Wow moment. Then just a little bit later, what do we have? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> hey, that had to just be a real drainer right there. Hey, he went from, you're Peter. And upon this, and, upon, and that means rock. So he was saying, you're a rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And just get behind me, Satan. You're an adversary. You, you, don't, you don't care about the things of God. What do you mean I don't care about the things of God? You just talk to me about who I am and my revelation. And now, now you're telling me what? What's going on? Ups and downs and, and back and forths. And, and those downs, we don't value them enough. We don't value the struggle enough because, because sometimes when we're in those places, we, we think we've messed everything up. And sometimes we have. But we don't see that it's a place that we're growing further along from. We're down. We're wore out. We're, we're tired. And we just need to get a pick-me-up. A pick-me-up. That comes in with granola and water. Granola and water. What is it that picks us up in life? What is it that gives us that relaunch? We, we stand behind the pulpit, and I like to encourage you, and I, and I hope you get that encouragement in the, in the Holy Ghost. But uh, I like to hike. I like to get in the outdoors. And uh, I've told you my story about how I hiked in Glacier National Park. And I hiked one day. I did like 16 miles, and I hiked another day, and I did 18 miles, and I thought, third day, take a break. I was pretty sore. Fourth day, I'm like, man, we can do this. And I picked a 20-mile day hike. And the 20-mile day hike became a two-day hike. And it was at the end of September, and I found myself at the bottom of this valley, and there was no trail. And I'm like, man, you had lost the trail, and you thought you could get it back, and it's not happening tonight, Lucas. And I was wore out. I was tired, and I was, gone, <laughs> I was out of water. Now, I had a bigger pack than this little water bottle. I had three liters of water, but it was gone. So I went over to the mountain stream, and I looked up, and I'm like, man, I don't have a water filter here, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to do this. And I dipped the whole bag of the backpack down into the water, and I filled it up, and and I'm like, all right, I've got water. And if I get sick from this water, we can get to a hospital in about 
couple days once we get out of here. And, and, and I often carry granola bars with me when I'm hiking. And so I, I made myself a hut, and I asked God just to search my soul and forgive me of my sins and let him know if he wanted me to get out of there that not getting hypothermia would be a great idea. And then I went to sleep. It was no long prayer at all. I went to sleep. And, and the next morning, I began to climb up the mountain. It took about five hours, and I found my trail. And as I'm walking down the trail, I meet somebody. And I, I still remember, right? It's very clear to me, right? I'm walking down the trail, and I meet somebody. You know what I do? I, I see them. I brushed my pants off and tucked my shirt in. And then went, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> like, like, I haven't been lost in the woods. Is this the right way? And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> and then I begin to chat, and I'm like, yeah, I was down there this morning. And he's like, you were down there already? I'm like, yeah, I got lost in the woods. Can you believe that? <laughs> the night before, I'm like, if you want me to live. And now in the morning, I'm like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> and, he gives, and he gives me an apple. And what did that do for me? It's when you've been working all day, you've been out in the yard, you've, maybe you've been putting the hot water heater in, or you've been working on the car, and, and, and you're shaky, and your muscles aren't quite there, and, and you maybe haven't done that work for a while, and, and you're really actually exhausted, and you're tired, and you've fished all night, and if you could just get a granola bar or an apple, and, and when you eat that food, I, I like to say I've been enlightened, I'm sure that's in everyone else's language too. Um, but I'll be like, man, I just feel suddenly like I got a little more energy. I got a little more energy, and I sat down at home. Why? Because that's where life is at. And I sat down at home, and, and, and I'm like, wait a second. I just got some food in me. I just got some water in me. Oh, that's what you need in the Spirit. And, and, and Jesus told us in Luke chapter 18, He spake a parable to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. If you read that parable in Luke 18, it runs verse 1 down through verse 8. He, he ends it and he says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Will he find somebody that said, You know what? I'm wore out in life. But God, I'm coming back to prayer. I'm getting that drink of the Spirit. God, I'm coming back to prayer. I, I need to get a hold of you. Let me tell you today, in 2023, in our reboot service, I want somebody to recommit in your home. That's why the couch is here today, to get back to prayer. Find yourself a place where, where I know you can walk and pray, but get down on your knee and, 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 and just talk. And, and parents, you know, it's, 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 it's wonderful. Let your children see you pray. But it's more than them just seeing you. You need to just have a personal, real personal moments with God. You need to get down. You need to recommit. What does He say in Matthew chapter 7? He says, Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And he that knocketh it shall be opened. Well, wait a second. The converse of that is if you don't ask, if you don't knock, if you don't seek, 
You can't find something you're not looking for unless you just happen to stumble right into it. I, actually, I've found many times in life, I'll be looking for something and I just can't find it. And then I'm looking for something else. And the very act of searching finds the other thing I was looking for. I've seen some head nods out there. I think we can relate. And I'm like, oh, there it is. And sometimes I'm like, I even want to make that a process. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to look for that. I'm going to look for this. Maybe we'll find that. Um, but if I wasn't walking around and digging and searching, I promise you, you're never going to find the money in your couch if you just sit on the couch. You have to turn the couch over. You have to pull the cushions out. You have to put your hands down in there. You're never going to find those shoes on Sunday morning if you're not digging through your closet, if you're not going places, if you just stand by the front door and you're like, well, I wonder where those shoes went last week. Maybe Winston took them, which is a very real scenario for me. I'm like, I took those shoes off by the door. Where'd they go? And uh, he decided they were toys. And they're gone. And I have to look. I have to search. Somebody has to look. You need to go to God in prayer. He's a gentleman. And he's, and he's there. And he's waiting for you. He's not going to shove all of life down your throat. You need to commit to prayer. It's refreshing. It's that dipping that water bag, that, that backpack into the stream and saying, you know what? I can't get on tomorrow unless I get some water in me, unless I get refreshed. And, and you know what a stream is? It's moving water. It's living water. And the Holy Ghost is living water. And He's a spring that will come out of you. But you need to get under the spout. Jesus is the Word. And here we call this time of our service first word. Why do we call it first word? It's a way to emphasize that God's word takes priority in our lives. The children are down the wing. The teenagers are downstairs. And, and all of you are out here. And if you're hearing me online or, or you go back and you listen to this later... Or you're here in this audience today, but you don't often make it here. I urge you to attend first word. Why? Because you need refreshing. And I promise you that Jesus is much more than a granola bar. Oh, he's what you need. He's what will keep you. He's what will guide you and, and lead you. John chapter 8, verse 31, he says, Then, Jesus, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him. If you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, He says, If the Son of Man therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. What was He telling them? He says, If you, are my, or if you continue in My Word then are you my disciples indeed. You see, you, it's not enough for you to say, I just got filled with the Spirit. It's not enough for you just to say, I believe in God in the sense of I acknowledge that He exists and, and I'm all about Him and yeah, I, can, I can go, go Jesus! No, can you do this? 
Can you absorb it? Get it in you. Let it affect you. You know why? You're going to get direction. You're going to get peace. You're going to have a different view of the world. And church, we need that more than ever today because what will happen is you'll get a twisted version of Jesus Christ because you will define Jesus by the values of this world. And hear me, they do not match. They will look similar, but they will always be a twisted version of the real thing. They will bring to you that you're caring about people. And yet the very thing they'll tell you to do in caring about people is items that will destroy their lives. We have got a trans culture out there right now. And hear me today. God made men men and women women. And telling somebody that there's something else only messes them up. They need the love of Jesus to get their thoughts straight. To get their their thinking right. They need you to be there for them. And to to bring them to get clarity in their mind. Not send them down a path that messes them up even further. And ultimately sends them down a road where they don't even see a reason to live. They need joy. They need peace. You can't tell an apple it's a banana. And therefore it becomes a banana. You, You... It doesn't work that way. But that's the culture we live in. It'll mess with you. And pretty soon you get into the church and they'll say, well, don't you love people? Look how they're hurting. I'm not telling you to go out and be a jerk to people. I'm telling you to love them and care and and be salt and light and, and show them and bring them the peace of Jesus. But the world would give you deformed love and tell you, to embrace their lie and then criticize you and make fun of you when you believe the truth. They even defy their own science. They defy the things they fought for. Women's rights movements, they destroy it. They destroy it because of twisted mindsets, broken and twisted love. That's what abusers do. Abusers bring in broken and twisted love. And sell you a lie. That's what what people who do drugs and sell drugs do. They say it will make you feel better. Broken love. We need the word of God. We need it more than ever. We need to be disciples. In the beginning was the word. What did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, Matthew 4, 4, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Where is this coming from? It's coming from the fact that when they were in the wilderness and they had manna fall from heaven, the children of Israel didn't exist just because manna fell from heaven. That was delivered by God. But they were a people that was delivered because God called them out. God made a covenant with them. God introduced them into what you always think about as just the Ten Commandments. But He gave them His Word. And He gave them life. And He made them a nation. And He protected them. And their shoes didn't wear out. And He fed them. You think that you got yourself this way? No, God is the one that sustains you. He sustains you. So that brings me... We need sustenance. We need the Word. We need to study it. We need to read it. Before I go, just, I want, before I go a step further, Paul 
the New Testament church, when they, when they were preaching in the Roman Empire, so much of the Roman Empire was into a variety of gods and goddesses. And when you went into a Roman home, many of the homes that Paul would have been teaching and preaching to had a shrine over here and another shrine over here. And this month we're going to celebrate this one. And that month we'll celebrate this one. And today we need to do this offering. And tomorrow we need to do this offering. And in some of my readings, what I read was the religiousness of the home and the culture. It's what kept the home together. And it's what their lives were centered around. And it was a daily event in the home. Prayer. I love Sunday church. We need Sunday church. But often that first couple hundred years, the early church was made up of a lot of slaves and they would be headed off to the master's house. But that morning, right before they would bust down the road because they often couldn't meet at night, daily, they would catch in a home together for 15 or 20 minutes. And there would be some food shared. There would be prayer. There would be a word. And they were connecting with God. And it was a daily thing. It's what the teaching is. um, To daily meet. They daily met in the temple. And they went from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. It's daily. It's got to be in your home. Daily. The first church was in the homes. Daily. Daily. And so the ace bandage, where does that come from? Well, when I trudged up the mountain, when I was walking on the trail, I had a bung knee. And I encountered somebody and they said, oh, I got an ace bandage for you. They caught my limp. Do you know what this is? This is twofold. Because you're going to meet a lot of people in life and this is our others. And pay just need a bandage. More than a bandage, really. They need support. They need somebody to care. They need somebody to bring them Jesus. They need Jesus. They're in pain. They're hurting. But not just them, but yourselves as well. I was talking to Liam and we were, he said something hurt, and I said, he said he was in pain. And he told me why. And I let him know. I said, well, that pain, that's a good thing. And he said, I don't like it. And I said, well, the pain is there to protect you. If you don't have any feeling, then you won't know that something's bad. Some people have that condition. We could even go down the path of leprosy, but... But I, I once heard about a guy. He would be working out around in his, his, on the farm and he would drop a gate on his foot and he'd walk away. Oh, my foot's trapped. And he wouldn't know that he had damaged the skin or that he was bleeding or that he got cut because he didn't feel the pain. He didn't know something had happened to him. Now, pain that you can't get away from will really damage you and it's extreme and, and, and takes you down a path a, a, a path and, and, and you, you can't escape from it. That's what happens in abuse. But pain in of itself isn't necessarily, it's meant to tell you, stay away from this. This is a bad situation. Or I need to get more exercise. That was pretty painful running. <laughs> I, I got to do something about that. 
or that was a long day at work. I don't know if I can handle that. And then you start doing some exercises. But the pain tells you there's something you need to do or something you need to get out of. Or you need to go see a doctor. You need to be thankful for pain. Not pain that turns into abuse that destroys your life, but pain that propels you. And people that are going through struggle, they're looking, and you can bring them Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus is the answer for them. And in this reboot 2023, it is the answer for you. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, For though the righteous fall seven times... They rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. That's number seven there really represents completeness. What does that mean? It means that you have completely failed. And yet a person who is trying to do right, I don't mean that you got every part of life right, but a person that has their mind towards God and has a right heart and is striving towards him, you might completely fail. And the enemy would like to look at you and say, you're a complete loser. Your, your failure is complete. And yet, your victory will be just as complete. Oh, that's what the Scripture's letting us know here. Oh, a righteous man may fall seven times, but you're going to, even out of complete failure, you will get back up you will get back up you will get back up Jesus in talking to us and he gives a story he gives the story of the good Samaritan he was asked who is my neighbor and and so he talks about a man who got beat up by robbers on the road complete failure complete wipeout left for dead and we have the Levite and the priest come along and they pass up they go on their journey but then this Samaritan somebody that others would reject comes along and this is a very beautiful picture of Jesus but not just of Jesus and he found him and he took care of him and in Luke chapter 10, verse 34, it says, And he went to him and bound up his wounds and poured in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he had departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. That's Jesus. That's our Savior. Has anybody ever been picked up and bandaged by Jesus? Have you ever found yourself at a low place, a low point, a broken place, and He came in, and He bound you up, and He took care of you? But then Jesus, in telling the story, says, Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou. And I see two things there. I see the Samaritan and I see the innkeeper. Why? Because you're going to encounter broken people. And do what you can. And Jesus will do the rest. You just reach in 
and you be what somebody needs on that trail. Oh, what Jesus was to those, those fishermen that morning that were like, how can I go on? How can I go on? We're drawing to a close. The last thing in my title is the final exam. Now, today, this represents the final exam. It's actually a hotel bill. It was, it was on my desk. Um, there's something about a final exam that feels final. That was pretty great logic right there, wasn't it? Uh, I was in a class one time. It's my, one of my, my first calculus class in college. I had graduated second in my class in high school. Yeah. So I go to college and I take that first calculus test and I get a D. I was like, something's not right here. I only told you about being second in my class because this was a blow to me. So I'm like, I got this, I got this. So I take the second test and I get an F. I'm like, Houston? No, I was like, Lord Jesus, we have a problem. <laughs> and I was like, the very first two tests, there's six of them in this class, and I went from D to F, and this is not good, and can I even possibly be an engineer? How is this going to work? This is my first math class in college, and I can't even figure out for every epsilon there exists some delta such that, and I'm like, who cares? And uh, I'm like, let's just... I couldn't figure it out. I slept with the textbook. I carried it everywhere. Sleeping with your textbook doesn't make you learn anymore. Trust me. But it did show my commitment and dedication. But I learned something in that class. That just because a test seems final. Doesn't mean it's final. And you know there was the, the, the lady who was at the well. And Jesus came to her. And he asked her about her husband. And she, she said I don't have a husband. He says yeah you've been married to five times, and this man you're with, he's not your husband. And, and she would have thought her life was over. I mean, I've been divorced this many times. But it didn't mean that it was final. And one day there is going to be a final judgment, and beware. But right now you're here today, and your life is not over, and their life is not over, and you may feel exhausted and wore out and tired out, but hear me, there... It's not over. And what looked like the final exam was not over. And that class propelled me for the next hard class. And the next hard class. And when I would hit disappointment. And when I would think I can't get through something. I was like, yet yeah, it's not over. The teacher came. He said, I'm putting extra credit on another test. And then he said, oh, and I dropped one test for the year. And, and so I got to drop the F. At first I thought it would be the D. Then I dropped the F. And I'm like, we got to change here. And... and and that F test, what became of it? Well, I would like to tell you if you add another leg to the side of the F, you get an A. But that's not how it works either. But the teacher took it. And it was as if that grade never existed. Oh, I learned from the hardship and I learned from the stress and everything. But it wasn't on the books anymore. It didn't matter. And so I don't know where you're at today, here in July of 2023. But I do know that you need to get back into the Word in your home. You need to get back into prayer in your home. You need to get into the presence of God and 
You need to get bandaged up so you can bandage somebody else up. And then hear me. Be encouraged because it's not over yet. Could we go ahead and stand to our feet? Oh, your life is not over. Oh, it, it's only just a beginning. And it's time to get refreshed and get a reboot and to get up and to get out there and to say, Jesus, I'm going on with you. Could we lift our hands to the Lord? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you today. Go ahead and give Him worship. And then I want you to commit to prayer and to the Word in your home. And then get yourself in a spot where you can reach others. Hear us, O God, today. O God, we commit to Your Word. We commit to prayer. And we commit, O God, to being the light that You've called us to be. O God, work in our families. Work in our homes. God, lift this people up. O Lord, encourage them. Strengthen them. And Lord, may we go on with You in this month of July, 2023. Hallelujah. 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 Let's give Him another hand clap. Thank You, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Remember the Word and prayer. It'll refresh you. Remember you just need to get picked up by God. And remember that the final exam is not the final. God bless you. We'll see you in here at second half. And let's have church.